0: Welcome. This is Talking Joy, creating joy, inner peace, and authentic connections. My name is Pam Rotelli-Robertson, and I am founder of lifestyle brand Talking Joy. As a certified spiritual director, I have been leading groups with the power of words, the strength of positivity, and the gift of joy. During our time together, our focus will be on simple spiritual practices that can be applied to your everyday life with the wisdom and support of others. Talking Joy Talks to help you realize your value. I am so glad you're here. Simple, joyful, fun. Let's get talking. Well, Carol Schaffman, welcome to the Talking Joy podcast. I'm so glad that you're here with me today. Carol uh, owns uh, your inner tranquility, and she also has Badawang Art in Downtown Summit. If you've uh, ever walked on Maple Street and you were curious about her shop, um, I think it's the best kept secret in town. Uh, Carol's interests are in holistic health, and it started uh, when she was in her 20s. After she was diagnosed with a chronic illness, she started to read about alternative health practices and nutrition, and she's been practicing what she learned on herself. And for over 40 years, this passion of finding alternative routes for holistic health and using her intuition has served her well. Carol believes we all have an inner wisdom that we can tap into if we can get quiet enough to listen. That guides us intuitively towards happiness and whole health. And this is the foundation of her practice. So she's going to talk to us today about Reiki and about uh, sound healing and you know, sessions that she offers both um, remotely and in person at her shop in downtown Summit. So, welcome, Carol. And you're going to sound the, sound the bowls for us just to give us a little.
1: I'm so glad to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. Yeah, I'm so glad that you're
0: here. And that was that was delightful to hear. I think the energy immediately went to calm. And I think in these times, we could all use a little calm in our lives. And, and you definitely have been a go-to person in these uh, uncertain times. The last few years, you really bumped up your practice and offer uh, all sorts of things, um, you know, to clients and people from near and far can, you know, come in for meditations and Reiki. And so I just thought we'd talk a little bit about what you offer and, and what those things are and, and how people can connect to you. So you want to tell me a little bit about Reiki and what is Reiki? And you know, before we uh, went online, we were kind of debriefing a little bit and I hadn't heard this before, but you offer Reiki to pets too. And I love that. I thought that that was really neat. So if you could tell me a little about Reiki for a person, how that works uh, in person and maybe remotely. um, And then, you know, how, how could that help our pets? I love
1: it. Reiki, re is soul and ki or chi is energy. So loosely defined, it's spiritually guided, uh, spiritually guided life force energy that we all have. And a practitioner channels that energy through you to awaken your energy to balance you and create um, a higher vibration in your body. And the same thing goes for the animals. So when it's done in person, it can be do I do it hands on it can be done above the body. But I love doing it in person on on the body because It creates a heat and a connection and it puts people at ease. And you also get a a full body Reiki, which means it's from head to toe on the front and head to toe on the back. And you you can almost think of it as the hands awakening the energy where they're placed. And when they move around you, they're not only it, it doesn't stop, the energy stays there. So it's awakening your life force energy. And what we're actually doing with Reiki is the practitioner isn't actually healing a person or an animal we're kicking in the potential of your own body's healing so your body wants to come back to it wants to heal itself and it, i feel it works on a mind body spirit level so i call it a mind body spirit tune-up and that's what i have on my website and for animals i i have mostly done it um I've, i guess i've done it on my pets um with an animal it's a little bit different in person We let the animals come to us, you know, to get comfortable with us, and we can send the Reiki distance, even if we're in person with them without touching them. But I've been doing Reiki, um, distance Reiki for people and animals, especially during the pandemic a lot, because I couldn't see anybody in person. And the distance Reiki is a little bit different, although I'm guessing all practitioners do it a little bit different. There are systems that you learn in reiki that are um, symbols so you can send energetic symbols that amplify the energy through the ethers and also just with intention everything is with intention so sending unconditional love reiki energy and intention i visualize the person or the animal, and send Reiki to them, visualizing. I I do my own kind of way, I guess. You know, sending prayers and visual visualizing healing in the body, and sending it maybe to specific places, with amazing results. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm still shocked, and I've been doing this for not that long, seven years, let's say. You know, and I would say that I'm shocked at the results I see with Reiki in person and with animals all the time.
0: I have been in person and had to write Reiki session with you. And let's just talk a little bit about what the expectation is. So your shop in downtown summit, half of the store is a store. And the other half is your practice.
1: Um,
0: so people can't come in the store when you're actually doing a Reiki session. Is that true? Do you close the shop?
1: That's true. Yeah. I divided the store in half recently and have a dedicated space now that is very beautiful and sacred and quiet just for the Reiki and sound healing as well. So I have Mm -hmm. my bowls there.
0: So when someone comes in uh, who has never done Reiki before, will come in and Um, you know, be greeted by you and immediately put at ease, you know, we talked a little bit about how you companion people sort of on the spiritual journey when you're together. And it's really important that the environment feels safe and comfortable
1: and it does, but you're on sort of a meditation bed. So when you come in, yeah, I, when I take a client, I always send out a welcome email with an explanation of what to expect as well. So you get a little bit of an explanation. But when you come in, you're fully clothed, the clothes do not come off, like you would in a massage, but you're on a regular massage table. Um, And I usually talk to my clients first, to set an intention, find out what's going on, make a connection and explain whatever they wanna know about what to expect from their session, how it works, what what I'll be doing. And then during the session, I have low music playing that's conducive for Reiki and sound healing. If you're getting sound healing with Reiki, which I do often, I combine the practices. Um, I set up the bowls, which are all around you. They can be on you or above you during the session. And the session I do without any talking, I just prefer it that way. um, Because what I want people to do is go into a journey to a space where they can heal. And so it's a quiet practice where the, I'm laying hands on from head to toe in many different places. And then the person would turn over and, and receive the Reiki head to toe as well. Are if you they're getting in the
0: person, Carol, or, or is this all like your hands are raised above? Uh,
1: it's all when I do it in person, it's all it's mostly hands on the body. Okay. And the bowls, the bowls go a little bit above you, around you and on you, and you feel the vibration on your body when people turn over um, on their back on their stomach so that their back can receive more than one bowl at a time.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. And it's all with intention. Um, I'm guided. I have a practice of what I'm going to do, but each person's session is different depending on what their energy is that day. So we work on what might need to be moved, what might need to be awakened, what shows it's the whole practice is about what reveals itself to us. During a session, this is, I think when people are coming, they, there's a reason they came, there's a moment, there's a reason they came to me. There's a reason they have arrived. I was going to ask you that,
0: like, what is, what would you say is the most common uh, need of people coming for Reiki? You know, they'll say, Carol, I need.
1: Oh, it's so interesting because just to tell people if I have clients from 18 to 80, I would say my practice is more women, but lately I'm receiving many, many men. And people come for such a variety of reasons. I think after the pandemic, I have literally have not stopped. I've been booked solid since last May after we were mostly vaccinated and I felt comfortable coming back. People came in at that time with a a lot of anxiety and grief um, that was pervasive as a collective. But I would say there are so many reasons people come for Reiki. Sometimes people are in a crisis. They're going through a divorce. They can't find a job or they just have relationship issues or trauma from childhood, cancer recovery or cancer treatment to enhance their healing. So many, so many reasons. Um, can't find their voice, feel like they're blocked, don't feel well, just sad. Uh, I, any number on,
0: so how are you, how is this something that you do on a continual basis? Like, how are they? So I come in for that issue, say that, you know, I'm, I'm exhausted and I feel low energy and I might be stuck, you know, in some pattern from, from my childhood that, that I'm starting to notice and I'm thinking, oh, I need more help. And, and so I come to you as my spiritual companion to help me and through this Reiki practice is this something that you and I start a relationship with and would continue to do? Or like, so what are my expectations when leaving?
1: That's a great question. Most people come to me return again and again, but it, it really is an individual decision. I would say that one session is great, but they build on each other. So it's always good to do, I usually say three, four, but many people come for six or a year or many years, just make it part of their self-care. I have people who come once a month, continually. Some people come once a week. Some people come every other week. Kind of depends on your schedule and your finances as well. So um, I don't push people, but I, I make recommendations. And I would say to everyone that to come for a few and don't wait till you're in a crisis. Because once you're in a crisis, then you really need to come more to work through some of that, um energy blocks meant you know get mind body spirit tune up more and more because it does build on itself so i've i have found that people who come regularly really really benefit and they tell me non you know all the time how amazing and and uh how you know transformative the experience has been for them and continues to be and i i really take when i take on a client usually i I have a relationship with them. I feel a strong connection and just unconditional love for them. And I send follow-up emails most of the time with affirmations and work that what we talked about and what they can work on. So it's a continuum. Mm. So it's, yeah, I love that. Um, I have one
0: of my talking joy team members. So it's part of my podcast is with a group of women. That's really how the talking joy podcast started. And then, I moved into doing these one-on-one interviews during the pandemic when they were all homeschooling and, you know, life kind of changed and this was just easier for me to do. And, and so there's two parts to the podcast, but one of my team members came and did Reiki training with you.
1: Yeah. Ari-
0: Ariane, right? And I just remember her during that time, there was a peacefulness about her that I hadn't seen before or I already saw that she had, but she started to own more. Um, it definitely shifted, something changed in her from, from that process of, of doing that with you. And she was so excited about it too. So for people who are listening, who have never heard of it or are nervous to trying it, it's really, a you know, obviously with you, it's a very, and I can attest to this, a very safe um, healing thing to do and that we are energetic beings. And that this there's this energy and we get, we it gets blocked and stuck and I, I suppose you work with the chakras, mm-hmm. and can you tell me what they are and 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 how how you some can get closed off what does that mean?
1: Yeah, I would think and originally I don't know if the chakras were part of a reiki training excuse me a reiki training or practice but I nowadays we'd learn about the chakras during I did a lot more investigation about the chakras after my reiki training because we really didn't learn that much in it about it then, but I do now. So the chakras are were, were um, the information I think was brought to us, I think it's 5,000 or two, I, I'm going to get it wrong, two or 3,000 BC um, in the Vedic scriptures. And they there's seven main chakras that we hear about that are on, run on the spine. They're called energy centers, energy wheels. And each one represents our human experience. So the root is about grounding and security and the sacral. The next one up is creativity and flexibility. And they all associate to an element um, in nature. They all have a color on the rainbow. So there's lots of lots of different layers of meaning and about the energy that they uh, represent in our bodies. So when I'm working on someone and I feel Drawn to a certain area that's a chakra, I may have to decide what why is why are my hands you know wanting to stay here for so long? Does it mean you know it's blocked or does it mean it's open that it needs more energy so there's a constant you know de- decision and a guidance that I have to pull through and sometimes I get visions during um, a session to bring you know information to people um but the chakras can be used as just more information. And I think that's what we're doing during a session is gathering information what's coming up, what's revealing itself to us about what you need right now. And it always changes. So it just so people know, it's a wonderful, wonderful session to have just for relaxation, it will help you sleep, it boosts your immune system, it helps with clarification, like creativity. Um, It can accelerate any Medical, you know, um, help you're getting right now, if you're recovering from surgery or cancer, it's given in hospitals around the country now, around the world, actually, as an alternative um, holistic help.
0: Well, one of the things that you said about this practice, you know, you're you're reaching way back in time that it's been around for that long. And I personally, one of the reasons that I love talking to people about practices and ways that we can connect with the holy within or, you know, this energetic healing and is because those practices were practiced back then because they work. And I feel like we've fallen asleep for many, many years and people are finally waking up to it to these practices are becoming, like you just said, they're in hospitals. Now they're offering Reiki and, and meditation and yoga in schools. And I think it's so important because it is, it, we benefit from it and we need it. You know, we're so hungry for, for connection to ourselves and to others. And, and I feel like personally in my own life that, you know, the spiritual work has grounded me in a way where, you know, your, one of your favorite quotes later is, be yourself, everyone else is taken. And the only reason I bring that up is because I feel like myself because of all of these practices. Um, and to, just to, to one other thing I wanted to add, you mentioned that in the session, you have visualizations or you images that you see. And when I had a session with you, um, I don't know whether you pulled a blanket up on me at one point or if I... I had this vision that it was my grandmother taking, so my grandmother used to have all of these like knit blankets, these, Af, what were they, Afghans or something yeah. <laughs> that were laid around the house and she had little booties too, um, around that we would come over to visit and she put these little booties out of them, the same material, it was kind of scratchy, but I had this feeling of that exact blanket that she was pulling that up on me during the session. And to me, that was comfort. It was ultimate comfort. My grandmother was lived in my neighborhood. My grandparents. It was. She was just so loving and so comforting, and that's the experience I had in my session with you.
1: Yeah, that's it, so beautiful. And I and I was I, I kept thinking, was that my grandmother? <laughs> you know, might have that, been. Yeah.
0: And I remember we talked about it. We unpacked it a little bit after. I think I said to you, did you put a blanket on me, or was that? <laughs> And I'm not sure if you did or didn't, but that was the sensation or visual, you know, visual that I had, which was comforting. And I left feeling rested and, um, you know, better because of,
1: because of that experience. Thank you. Yeah. And I so agree with you. These practices, first of all, are ancient and they work and they seem so incredibly um, subtle, but they're powerful. And I think that's the thing to remember is that it's subtle and it's powerful and it and they really do work. And it, it is, I think, a practice. I call it everything a practice. Your meditation is a practice. Your self-care is a practice. So it's never a one one off deal. It can be if you want it to be. But it works when you make it a practice in your life and tune in to what you need and coming for Reiki session with me is about that about arriving at you know welcoming yourself into a safe space to find out what's revealed to you to us and listening to it and i i do think that there's something you said i want to um touch on um you know that we as a society this is why i find this again and again with with clients new and um repeat clients we just don't have enough in our lives that's intimate and safe and quiet and so when you come into a session like this you it's all about you it's not about me it's all about you and arriving in that space where you can really feel what's going on talk about it feel it balance it you leave feeling so much better you actually walk a little bit lighter you feel like you're floating on air you're spacious and you You feel aligned and that's what it's really all about it's about raising your vibration aligning your frequency this is energy talk you know but it's this is this is the talk of what we're doing in a session like that but and i i really work a lot with talking too i don't know if everyone does but it's just what I do, and it comes naturally to come into a space and get to know people and connect with them. And that, for me, is the joy of doing it. I love what I do. I love the connection, and I do feel like it really works for people.
0: It's, sacred work. it's really,
1: sacred
0: work. It is sacred work. And the one of the things that you said that caught my attention was that the transformation – Is subtle, and I find in my work, and maybe you do, is somebody's having a crisis, or someone is having a problem, or, and they want, they want a quick fix, right? (laughs) And spiritual work, I don't think you ever arrive (laughs) until the end, and it's a, it's a process, it's a process, it's a process, and it's there's some patience in there with yourself, and it's this slow sort of awakening to growing into sort of that next level that, that we move to. Um, and we all move to those at our own pace. Um, and with the help of others, I think we can't do it without wisdom people like guides, like you or me and the work that we do. It's just so beneficial, but it's not a quick fix. It's the slow work, I think, that that makes all the difference that I can look back and say, oh my gosh, I used to be like that. Or I used to feel anxious in these situations, and I don't anymore. Um, I think that's the that's that's when it's steeped in you the change that you're seeking. Yeah,
1: and if you listen to what arrives, or, you know what's revealed to you in a session, and you take small action each time. So if you come for sessions and you keep we keep discussing what's going on, and then we do then we do the work, we do the energy work, and then we talk about it again. That's how my sessions work, and then I send you some things to do in in between, and you keep doing it, you'll, you do find that you'll be moving through your process through your transformation. But I have to remind people that you arrive at a session with everything that happened to you before the session. So you arrive with a lifetime of experiences of traumas of joy. And that's whatever it is that's revealed is what is bringing its, an atten- its attention to you. Same thing in meditation. When you people think can't stop thinking, they can't, you know, meditate. They can. They just maybe don't want to think, of, you know, hear what's being revealed. Mm-hmm. So it is being able to be open to that subtlety, of what's being revealed, arriving at acceptance of what's happening, and being willing to make a practice of, of with yourself. You know, of why is that so terrifying to people? It's a great question. Um, I think maybe we don't want to face the truth, you know, Uh, I, I remind people the truth is the truth. So take away the judgment. If something, you know, people come to me and say things about complaining about whoever or complaining about something, but what's behind that pain, what's behind that emotion? And whatever we discover is the truth about what what is the truth that they don't want to face. Who is it? A partner who is abusing them? Is it a parent? Blah blah blah. Is it, you know, something they don't they're procrastinating to do that they really need to do. So, listening to that truth, you and, might
0: live in the same neighborhood. I oh, just did hear yeah.
1: the train. <laughs> <laughs> the train just went by. You it's right. In, too. Now. <laughs> You're the train, uh, same neighborhood. I think that makes sense that that's that that's what's terrifying is that um, what I truly believe and everyone knows this, you know what the truth is for you and a person like me or you is our spiritual guide or a companion or mentor or whatever you want to call us. Um, I we are here as a witness for you and and observing and revealing things for you isolate I can isolate issues for people you know I would say we're a loving witness yes that's
0: the the threat and that fear out of it
1: yes I think with a really soft compassionate hand and a compassionate voice and um yeah and and it's all without judgment Mm -hmm. it's delivered in a way that is helpful non-judgmental there's no criticism it's just like a fact And also to remove any judgment about how you arrive there. Okay. So that happened. Now it's time to move forward and find joy, find out what gives you joy. What do you need to let go of? What can you, you know, focus on now and love yourself?
0: I find that there is an enormous amount of freedom. I say this often, there is freedom on the other side of, you know, Oh, I can't meditate. I can't, I can't do that. It makes me nervous. And it's, it's such an enormous leap of faith to get into it if you're nervous, but then um, there's this freedom to be, you know, go back to your quote to sort of be yourself in every situation. Um, and that to me is how I want to live my life. Um, and, you know, you can obviously uh, from everything that we're talking about help people get there. So I was also picking up on that. You probably, because you have repeat, clients, you really get to know them. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. I love that you give, you give tasks. Cause I think in, in my work in spiritual companioning with people, um, which, you know, obviously we do different things, but there's some similarities is that a lot of the work I meet with people once a month and the, a lot of the work happens in their everyday life on the in-between, like the sessions can be powerful, but I think it's, it's how they live their lives in the in-between right. time. And the transformation that happens there and so i'm assuming that you once you create a relationship with someone you see that growth or you see you know where their stop signs are and things like that
1: absolutely and some things just keep happening and repeating themselves but they know it and some things they let go so it really it's a practice yeah yeah um, so talk to me a little bit about sound healing. We've
0: talked a lot about Reiki, uh, sound healing might be new to some people. I was introduced to it years ago through somebody who did guided meditations and she would do the bowls, mm-hmm. she had these gorgeous bowls from someone in, you know, out on the West coast that made them. And they were really something. And I had never it moves something like deep inside of you, like it penetrates can you talk a little bit about that and how you got into the, the
1: sound healing? It, it penetrates deeply. They're, they're amazing. Yeah. I was first introduced to sound bowls, singing bowls in Nepal. Um, a little bit of my background is I was first an artist and I started battawing art in the early 90s, but I traveled from 1989 to two. So 20 years literally straight, two times a year, mostly to Indonesia and Nepal. So when I started traveling to Nepal in the early 90s, like 91, I think, or 90, I started um, learning about singing bowls there. So I bought and sold, you know, I tested hundreds of bowls while I was in Nepal and brought them back to the United States and sold them and taught people how to use them. But I really started training to use them in healing sessions um, in the united states about five years ago through a school in colorado called the atma Buddhi school and the man who started that school is from nepal and he brought back um uh, healing practices or protocols you might call them through the shamans from his village so i learned how to use the bowls with sequences of and learned a lot about healing i took many levels three levels of their courses um And then I turned it into my own practice, you know. But how they work is it's a vibration that works through you on a cellular level, because we're mostly water. So the and the bowls are tuned to notes that correspond to your chakras. So there's seven chakras, there's seven notes, and there's so each bowl is tuned to a chakra, and we play them with intention to open up that chakra or just you don't have to use um, that the bowl exactly that way. But if you have them, it's nice. Um, So they come in all different sizes. The ones I have are made of seven metals made by people in a very traditional way in Nepal, infused with prayers, and they just are amazing. So I use them on the body during Reiki, which they're played by striking the bowl or rubbing the bowl and you get vibration through you and it, it moves through the whole body. Like if you get a bowl on the top you feel it straight through the body yes. and what it's doing is similar to reiki and but but differently because it's through vibration it almost it, it does the work by um moving around your energy and raise aligning your frequency so everyone has a unique frequency that body is trying to get back to its own alignment so if your frequency is off you might feel tired or depressed or you might have an illness and so with Reiki or sound healing, what we're doing is bringing your back, your body back into balance, into alignment. And the ting shas I'll play right now, which are these, you've probably heard them. These are also used for space clearing and alignment, very clear, purifying, clear sound. All these things that are done with intention can really be transformative.
0: I have a couple from your shop and we did not talk about that, but you do sell yeah, these things that you're talking about at your store. I use these in small groups uh, for women who come in and they're chit, 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 and everybody's like, and there's this energy. Right. And I chime those, and it is the only thing that I've ever used that everybody stops. It right. gets everyone's attention immediately. And there's there's sort of this hush. Yes. And I'll use them on retreats or any kind of workshops that I'm doing to kind of bring the group back There's And I must have seen someone else because a lot of my, you know, I credit a lot of my work to the great teachers that I've that I've crossed my path. But um, I remember coming in and getting my chimes from you. And then there's this crazy story, just as an aside, I was leading a group up in the mountains and I must have left my chimes at someone's house. And they made their way back to me, this lady, her house, I think might be haunted. I don't know, but she went back up to her house, like in the winter months. And my chimes were sitting in the middle of her living room carpet in this little little bag. And she called me. She's like, you come get your chimes (laughs) here. And it'd been six months and I actually couldn't find them. And I replaced them. That's why I have two. But I like the sound of this one is my favorite. So they all have different like frequency sounds when you when you play. Yeah, Um, they're handmade, so they're going to come out a little bit different and And this is just an aside, too, is that if I have somebody over my house and it was not happy or I feel some tension or I had a session with someone and then I have another session with someone else coming, I'll chime around the room to sort of clear the. And is, is that what you do? You can clear the energy that way?
1: Yeah, absolutely. They're used for space clearing. You can do a whole intention, you know, space clearing with them. You can use them over the body. I use them over the body. I use them with groups. I use them in the middle of my sound baths. You know, I do. I also do group sound baths, you know, with a big, big, you know, amount of bowls, like 30 bowls and, and uh, do a sound healing meditation. And they're wonderful yeah. by themselves or with as an accompaniment to any, you know, any work you're doing. Yeah, no,
0: it's exciting to hear about all of this. Um, so what does it feel like in the body for people that are, you know, that would have a session with you and, and you're doing, you know, you've moved from the Reiki and now you're using the sound, the sound
1: people say that they feel amazing. They go to another place, which is I, what I hope they do. Some people fall asleep. Uh, some people cry, but um, it, it feels Most people say they feel much lighter, calmer, they sleep better, they may arrive at clarity about something, they may, I have had people say that, you know, I've had, I had a client who had sciatica, who had a big, they have, people have releases in the middle of a session, involuntary releases, meaning they spaz a little, you know, or they may through the whole session, they don't know they're doing it. Um, and they and when feel. You, when you really- say that
0: somebody maybe would cry, I was thinking to myself that that's a release. It's not a negative thing that we we are able to cry because we're ridding our bodies. We're taking this energy that's on the inside and we're bringing it to the outside um, and we're releasing it. And often people think, "Oh, I don't want to cry. I don't want to cry." But I say, you know, I think that crying is one of our best, you know, tools that we've society has taught us. To, you know that it's. That
1: it's not okay or that we shouldn't or it's i agree it's like a healthy release it can really make you feel better some people are grieving when they come in they really have had a loss like a death or divorce or something and so they um but sometimes it's just the connection of having someone hold you in a space in a space like that a loving space um, and it brings something forward that you don't expect so people usually feel after a session much lighter. I would say, you know, sometimes it releases physical pain, sometimes it releases emotional pain, um, and sometimes they just feel more balanced. Yeah. A, a lot of I, I that's probably the best description I can give. But I have most people say that was amazing. And that's not what I expected. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: How do you protect yourself when you do sessions with somebody who comes in with a lot of grief and a lot of, um, you know, heavy stuff that they might be releasing? Like how does a, a practitioner protect, how do you protect your own energy field in that situation?
1: Well, before a session, I say a prayer to myself and to the Reiki, you know, there is a Reiki prayer, you know, so I asked for protection, but I, I put up a, I don't know. I think a, a barrier. I clear the space. I clear myself, um, and I really go into it in a very, very deep meditative sort of pre- presence. And I'm I just send love and feel uh, love for the client as a an entity, like a, a beautiful, loving being. And after the session, I ask that this reiki is for the higher good of all. That this session is for the higher good and that this much of that energy will go through this person. I say a whole prayer silently, but then I clear myself with, um, I clear the person and clear myself with the tingshas, sometimes with uh, sage, and I do a brushing off with selenite. I do a lot of different practices that are for cleansing. When I, I, when I first started, I did kind of get sick a little bit, but they say you don't really take on other people's energy, but I, I feel like I did. So I do have to do some practices to ensure that I am clearing myself in the space each time. And that's just
0: important for people to know in general, that if you're going into some kind of a situation that you feel is toxic or not for you, but you have to be there that I do say a prayer, you know, before I have my own, you know, I I loved what you said about you went out and got all this training in Colorado or, you know, and, but then you made it your own. And, I feel the same way is that I have lots and lots of training and years of experience and I've made things my own, but one of the things that's really important to me is sort of setting that intention and a prayer that I will, you know, I am yours for that hour that we meet. Um, but I also protect myself and and do all those things you're talking about. Um, and you have things at your store that people could, if they were interested, could, uh, could come purchase and talk to you about, um, you know, like these chimes that we're talking about and things like that.
1: Yeah, I have almost all all the things I use. I have for sale. I have tingshas. when, you know, if I'm not, if I don't have them in stock, I order them. I have singing bowls. I have crystals. I have essential oils that I use. I have, you know, I use them in a session if people want them. I have all those things. Um, Malas. You know, what's so great about that is that you are so knowledgeable
0: that it's not like I'm just walking into a store and seeing all of those things and thinking, but you're very careful to help the person find exactly what's needed. You, I'm sure you're using some of your, your tools when people, when you greet people in the store, but that's helpful too, that, you know, I, you know, years ago, didn't know much about crystals. And, and when I got my, I had an office in, in downtown and somebody came and put little crystals in all four corners and, know, for protection. And, and I loved, I loved all of that, but I didn't know a lot about it. And so for somebody coming into your store, you know, a lot, and you can help somebody could say, oh, I want to protect my office space, and you could help the person find what's needed. And and sort of, you get educated when you come in your shop, which I love.
1: Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I do think the two work together, they complement each other. And more and more, I just have things that complement each other for, for the work that you might want to do.
0: And for people who are listening online, you can also shop online at your store or yes. 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 So I'll have all that information attached to, you know, on my website, people can find you and connect with you and, and learn all about these, uh, all these great things that we talked about today. So in closing, Carol, we we're going to do a little bit of that uh, sound healing. You're going to lead us in, in maybe like a five minute meditation. Yes. I'd love to. Yeah, so I would love to close with that. So thank you for um, for this rich time together and for you know sharing your knowledge about this really important, or I should say important plural practices that uh, that are really healing and needed, and they've been around a long, long time. Um,
1: thank you, Pam. Yeah, I I agree. They've been around a long time. They're very much needed and. I welcome anybody to come in and talk to me. If they have any questions, I'm always there or available to educate people before they decide if they want a session. Yeah, I'm grateful for people like you that are doing good work in the world and
0: and helping other people on their spiritual journey. So thank you.
1: Welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Arrive in this moment. Find your comfortable position. This can be sitting up or laying down. Close your eyes. Inhale through your nose, a deep cleansing breath, and exhale slowly through your mouth, releasing tension on your exhale. beginning to soften into this moment. Remember, you cannot do this meditation wrong. Just observe what is revealed to you. One more time, inhale through your nose, a deep cleansing breath, and exhale slowly through your mouth. beginning to soften into this moment. Let the distractions of the outside world fall away as you tune into your body. your breath find its own natural rhythm welcome yourself into this moment feel the support underneath you and locate your connection to the earth, the stability and security underneath you. Inviting stillness and calm. Set your intention to be present, without any judgment or expectations. Let go of all impatience. There's nowhere to be except here in this moment. Allow your awareness to awaken you to gently accept each moment as it unfolds. observer. Accept this moment as it is. Accept yourself as you are. Accept your mind if it wanders. Gently coming back to your breath and your presence. Have a gentle, kind awareness of your being. Be a witness. Being aware of being aware. Discovering the state of your being, your energy in this moment. acceptance without judgment, without criticism. Accepting who you are in this moment will bring you peace. Gently place one hand on your heart and the other on your belly. And allow this position to soothe you and balance your energy as you relax for a few more moments. Continue to be gentle with yourself, softening and accepting, releasing and relaxing. Thank you for joining me.
0: I'm Pam Rotelli-Robertson, and you have been listening to Talking Joy, talks that help you realize your value while creating authentic connections with others. For more information about our talk today or to get in touch, you can find us at talkingjoy.org. And to keep the encouragement going, you can also follow Talking Joy on Instagram and Facebook. Simple, joyful, fun. Thanks for listening. This is Talking Joy.